You're listening to the Tranquility Tribe podcast, an empowering space for all parents from conception to childhood. In this podcast, you'll explore your birth options, hear from experts in the field, learn to embrace self-indulgence, and prepare yourself for parenthood with Haiti. She's a coffee connoisseur, lover of deep belly laughs, a big-time tailgater, and your neighborhood birth junkie. From Mississippi to Massachusetts and everywhere in between, here's your host, Hee. Hello, villagers! Happy Tuesday, you guys! I am so excited that you are here with me today, that you're tuning in, you're taking time to listen. That means you're taking time for yourself and I recognize that. I'm so proud of you. It takes a lot to step aside and say, you know what, I'm going to do this for me because I need it right now. I know that is a struggle. I get it. I struggle too. So thank you for making yourself a priority. I really do see you and I promise it will pay off in the long run. You want to make sure that you are a priority in your own life so that you can continue to refill and replenish and rejuvenate yourself so that you can give to others, your kids, your partner, your job, your passions, all the things. Maybe it's even your grandkids. Anywho, thanks for showing up today for me and for yourself, which means you showed up for those that are closest to you in your life. So thank you. On to today's episode. Oh, if you're sitting, take a big stretch. Stretch your spine up, up, up towards the sky. If you're standing or you're walking and you're out in public, casually stretch your arms above you and try and get as tall as possible. If you're driving, be careful. Keep your hands on the road, but just elongate that spine. Today, we are talking about chiropractic care. We're diving into chiropractic care in pregnancy and infancy. So I wanted to know, how can chiropractic care help in pregnancy to alleviate aches and pains? Does it have an impact on the way that your baby is positioned? If your baby is in a wonky position or not an ideal position, can chiropractic care help? Once your baby is here... Can chiropractic care help them? I imagined yes. I can't wait for you to hear what our guest has to say. You're listening to another episode of the Tranquility Tribe podcast, episode number 65. Today I'm sitting down with Lizzie Sobel, who is the founder of Wholesome Healing Chiropractic here in Boston and has been fixing and serving clients since 2012. Now, Lizzie specializes in pregnant and postpartum women and also infants. Today, we're going to dive into the pains, headaches, aches, baby positioning, preparing your body physically for birth, as well as things about your baby. So plagiocephaly, which is also known as flathead and constipation and breastfeeding. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation and to get the wheels turning in your head about what you could do 
to help your own body and your own pregnancy postpartum journey. Okay, here we go. Lizzie, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Hehe. It's good to be here. I am so excited to have you here. So chiropractic care is something that a lot of people are interested in. It's something a lot of people are actually fearful of. And growing up in a home where both my parents just went to the chiropractor regularly, I don't really understand the fear. So I'm super excited to have you on the show here to hopefully bust up some of those fears that people have. Before we jump too far into all of our body work, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe how you came to be a chiropractor? Sure. Yeah, so um, my name is Lizzie Sobel. I live in Norwood, Massachusetts with my husband and our daughter who is 20 months old. Um, and I, I am a chiropractor. I've been practicing in Boston since 2012 and actually recently opened up a satellite office in Walpole, Massachusetts, closer to where, to where we live. Um, I specialize in treating pregnant women, uh, women postpartum, and children of all ages. Um, and it's a great question of how I became a chiropractor. It's, it's a, it was a long, a long path. Um, I first found chiropractic care myself as a patient when I was about 12 years old and had headaches and some back pain. And it was actually our, our little family pediatrician, small town doc that recommended that my mom take me to a chiropractor. And I was the first one in my family who had been to a chiropractor. No one had ever, had ever tried that before. So we had a family friend who happened to be a chiropractor. My mom took me in to see her and she just immediately started helping me. So I was, was an early, um, early believer <laughs> in, in how much it can be helpful. Um, it took me a little longer to figure out it was what I wanted to do professionally, but um, I'm really glad I, I continued on that path and found my way here. Isn't that funny how something so small like a trip to your pediatrician that ended in a trip to another doctor can totally change your whole trajectory of your life? I love it. When I look back on my path of becoming someone involved in the birth work, it is very clear where the universe was like, stop, brick wall, you need to take mm -hmm. a hard left right here. It's always so, so clear. That's incredible. I love it. Yeah. It's interesting how it's always, you know, looking back, you realize how all these stops led you on their way, even though when you're on the road, you didn't realize where it was leading you necessarily. <laughs> Absolutely. Some of those big, hard brick wall stops were like, what in the world is happening in my life? Like, why do I deserve this? And it turns out I was just working towards something bigger and better. That is super funny. Yeah. I always think um, that the first thing on people's mind, like I said, is the safety of chiropractic care in general. So I'm always so surprised when people are skeptical. Um, and like I say, maybe it's because I grew up in a family where chiropractic care was so normal, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. can, you, can you tell us a little bit about the skeptic and the fear that people generally come to you with? And what do you say to those people? Sure. So I think usually the hesitation, any fear is just because it is something unknown. It's something people are unfamiliar with and, and not experienced before personally. Um, it is extremely safe. Uh, you know, there is a, there's a wide variety of styles and types of adjusting, and that's something we can talk about further. Um, but I, I definitely assure people, you know, if they're coming to my office specifically, I do practice a really gentle, low force style of adjusting 
There's no cracking or popping or twisting. So sometimes a lot of people have this conception of what chiropractic care, what an adjustment looks like, and I'm usually like, it's going to be a little different. Um, so I'm actually, that style of chiropractic can sometimes be a really good first stop to someone who is more scared or hesitant just because it can be a little less jarring or, or um, scary when you're actually getting the adjustment. Um, but I would put it on the same level, even you know any style of chiropractic, I'd put it on the same level of risk factor of massage, physical therapy. You know, the biggest side effect is often just muscular soreness um, the next day or the day after, you know, for the next two days, something like that. Um, I've never had anyone experience a more severe side effect than that, honestly. Um, so, it, you know, again, most people are particularly nervous about chiropractic care safety during pregnancy and with their children, which I know we're going to talk about in more detail later. But again, if people are asking me this before they come in, I often refer them to a great resource from the um, International Chiropractic Pediatric Association, uh, the ICPA. They, on their website, have a great list of um, research articles uh, and case studies, things like that, talking about the effectiveness, but also the safety of chiropractic care in those specific populations. Um, and that usually, that usually uh, helps people with that initial fear as well. But also, honestly, most times when people come into my office, they're already they're already kind of sold on it. <laughs> it's just looking for the right person. That's awesome. I um that that kind of leads me into my next question: finding the right person. So that's always mm. really tricky for me. Um, as our listeners know, well, our old listeners, if you're new here, I'm originally from Mississippi. I moved to Boston from the state of Alabama, so I moved to a place that was totally different culturally, people-wise, weather-wise, and I dove headfirst into a place that I didn't know anybody. And so mm. having to find providers off of people's word of mouth, people's recommendations, mm. it seems really good in theory, but when you get into that place, you kind of realize finding your provider from word of mouth may not be the best thing. And it is true that chiropractors, they are adjusting something that is very fragile, right? So your spine is fragile. It's very tough. It keeps us upright. It keeps us going every day, but it also takes only a teeny slight um, bump to knock everything kind of out of place and it could really mess you up. So when you are looking for a chiropractor, what do we need to do as patients? How can we tell if we are going to a chiropractor that's well-trained um, or maybe one that might not be the best fit for us? Sure. It's a, it's a good question. Uh, I'm also, you know, I always tell people you take a hundred chiropractors we're all going to practice very differently. So I truly believe that there is the right chiropractor for everyone. If for something happens and you do have a bad experience at one chiropractor's office, I always encourage people to, to explore other options. You know, it, sometimes it, it would be like if you went and had a bad experience at a dentist, you would probably not say, well, I'm never going to any dentist ever again. You'd probably say, wow, I really need to find a better dentist for me. And that's the same thing with chiropractic. You know, there, there's great diversity in how we set up our practices, how we operate on a logistical level, and of course, how we, how we talk to our patients, how we treat our patients physically. Um, 
So yes, look around definitely. And you know, even though you said that that can sometimes lead us astray, I think word of mouth can actually be a really powerful way. If you find someone you trust, especially again in the pregnancy pediatric world, you know, ask other professionals that you're working with, whether it's your doula or your childbirth educator, or your midwife or OB, uh, lactation consultant. I think many people clued into the birth world will have other recommendations within there, and that can be a really good place to start. Um, even you know, obviously your pregnant friends or other people that have had kids. Um, I think review sites can also be helpful, even though, you know, I know there obviously is a, they're not perfect, but like Yelp and Google Plus and all that stuff um, can sometimes just clue you into some things you may be looking for in a provider. Um, I think ultimately you got to go with your gut. You know, I always will more than happy to talk to my patients over the phone. They have specific questions or concerns about their own specific case or what they're really looking for. So, you know, do some research and then give it a try. And again, if it doesn't feel right in your gut that this isn't the right provider for you, I'd encourage you to look around and, and try to find someone that, that does feel like the right fit. Amazing. Uh, options, options, options. Listeners, you know I love that. That's everything that I've seen for. I had no idea that... Um, that you could do that with chiropractors. Uh, it makes sense though when you put it in the uh, same thought as a dentist, if you would just mm. go to a dentist again if you had a bad experience there. Amazing, amazing so much. Um, bedside manner is huge. So just mm. like I'm always advocating for you guys or encouraging you to advocate for yourself to find a healthcare provider that knows you and listens to you and truly believes you when you say things obviously it's the same thing for a chiropractor who knew this is this is amazing absolutely i think that's the most important is that it's someone you trust and feel comfortable with awesome so i love to recommend my clients to chiropractic care during pregnancy because um, it can help with so many things let's start with the safety during pregnancy and then we can talk about all the things that it can help with sure so yes as i as i said before chiropractic care is extremely safe during pregnancy uh anywhere from conception to day of delivery. I've, I've treated, which sounds crazy, but it's true. Um, I have definitely treated patients before they even realized they were pregnant. And then I have had one client who I adjusted the morning, in the morning and she had her baby later that evening, which is kind of amazing. That was the closest I've had to a to birthday. Um, so yes, again, this is talking about my adjustments specifically, but in general as well. The, the adjustments are extremely gentle and specific, so there's absolutely no danger to the growing baby. And again, most women in my office when they're pregnant are just really grateful to be there on the table. They feel relaxed. I have women falling asleep. It's often, I think, the most physically comfortable part of their week in many cases. Um, and in terms of the kinds of things that I help pregnant women with, I mean, aches and pains, anything basically in the whole body we can help with. So starting down at the feet, I mean, foot pain, ankle, knee, hip pain, I get a lot of stuff in the pelvis, you know, your sacral pain or pubic symphysis pain in the front of the pelvis, uh, the SI joints, which are those joints on either side of your sacrum, I'd say that's the number one 
area of discomfort, both in pregnancy and, and my non-pregnant clients as well, actually. Um, you know, low back, upper back, mid back, <laughs> neck pain, headaches, jaw pain, sinus pressure, uh, shoulder, wrist, and arm. I mean, really anything. And it's so funny because often when we're talking about people's concerns in their initial visits or in follow-ups, People say, well, I'm not really sure this is related to my pregnancy. And I always say like, hey, if it's happening to you when you're pregnant, then it's related to your pregnancy. I often, so there are things that sometimes crop up specifically when people are pregnant. Like, oh, I never had this back pain before and now it's starting up. But sometimes it's something that has been going on for years well before pregnancy. And, and maybe it's gotten exacerbated during the pregnancy. Or maybe, for example, I'm thinking of some of my patients who suffer from migraines or headaches and maybe they previously used a pharmaceutical drug to help them and now they're less comfortable taking that drug on a regular basis now that they're pregnant so they're looking for other options and chiropractic care again can be a really effective choice um, and safe because again uh, <laughs> there's very little risk factors um, yeah I agree with that 100%. I think um, that is probably, well, besides pain, I think pain would probably mm -hmm. be number one. But number two of when chiropractic care slips out of my mouth is when someone says, I have this problem and I used to take this, mm -hmm. and now I can't because I'm pregnant anymore. Um, and my number one thing is you need an adjustment. And I love that you mentioned it could be like things that you never think about for chiropractic care. People who have like bad digestion issues or something or they're having stomach issues during pregnancy and I'm like you should go see a chiropractor I know their first thought is did you hear me I said my stomach and I'm like no no but it's all connected it really is everything's so connected um you also just have to remember that you're carrying around x amount of extra weight so no matter how little or how much you have gained while you're pregnant this is gonna impact your body a half a pound is gonna impact your body if you really stop to think about it it literally makes sense on all sorts of levels that chiropractic care is so routine in prenatal care. I hope, fingers crossed for our listeners that can't see me, that one day um, USA will have this as a routine prenatal oh. care that every single expectant person, um, and I would love to see it in postpartum care too, gets this just because you're pregnant and we realize how helpful and useful that it can be. Absolutely. I'd love to talk a little bit more about that, some of the things you brought up. So, yeah, when we think about the changes in our body that are happening in our, in our pregnancy, obviously are humongous um, in terms of their impact. So the uterus connects to the bones of the pelvis through all these different ligaments. So even a very small baby, like you're saying, you know, early on when they're even less than a pound, but also the placenta growing, the fluid growing, that's literally tugging on your sacrum and other bones of your pelvis from the inside out. So um, that, that changes the center of gravity. It's, it, it can shift the woman's posture just in general, and that can definitely add some stress and strain specifically to the pelvis, but to the whole body. It really just changes our whole gait pattern and, and everything. Um, in terms of those other non-musculoskeletal concerns that you raised, like digestion, things like that, the way that that works is that while, yes, we're focused on the bones of the spine, but also the entire body, but what's, 
what's really important is not the bones, but what's inside the bones, which is the spinal cord and the nerves that leave the spinal cord to go control everything in the body, you know, every organ, every muscle, every patch of skin. So the big idea of chiropractic is really helping the brain and the spinal cord communicate with the rest of the body. And when that's happening at the optimal level, then our bodies can function at their optimal level. And things like digestion, um, even like asthma, blood pressure, things like that can improve. Well, I wouldn't say that's the primary thing I am treating when I am working on those things. Those are kind of like happy side effects uh, of, of getting adjusted as well. Um, and we can talk more about that and how it relates to kids later on too. But yeah, it's it, it really can help with a tremendous amount of things, even though what usually gets people into my office is discomfort or pain physically. That is absolutely amazing. <laughs> it is. It really is. Yeah. So I often hear from when people leave the chiropractic care that they feel high almost, that they feel very happy, that they feel really light, that their body is like floaty or maybe like a noodle, but not so much like a drunk noodle, like you can't control it, but like a really relaxed state where you think, wow, that chiropractor didn't even give me any drugs and I, you know, <laughs> I feel great. So absolutely. There's two big sides of our nervous system. We have the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. And the sympathetic is that, um, you know, fight or flight kind of stress response. The parasympathetic is often called the rest and digest, kind of that slowing down, relax kind of feeling. And in our current world, we're often, a lot of us are operating with way too much sympathetic overload. You know, we're, our bodies are just constantly thinking that we're in a stress mode, especially when we're physically uncomfortable, that just our bodies, it's really hard for us to relax when we're in pain. So another thing, again, because we're affecting the nervous system in, a, in real time, um, chiropractic adjustments can help kind of tune down the sympathetic and tune up the parasympathetic, which is why it can have results like lowering blood pressure and things like that, but also that high feeling that, you're, that you describe of just kind of relaxation and uh, yeah, like they just had a really good nap almost um, because we're rebalancing that nervous system and having it uh, allow to have more appropriate responses. That's amazing. Now you're speaking to my side of hee-hee that uh, knows so much about sensory processing disorders. So mm. I was being a behavioral specialist for children mm. on the sensory processing spectrum. We had these balancing activities that when children would get so kind of off whack, you're talking about how one, one system can be really high and one system is almost depleted and really low. We would have these activities that we would do that would balance these kids out. And I would always know because they would be acting like not their balanced selves, right? So they would be having really really wild behavior or they would be really totally zonked out and you wouldn't be able to pull them and engage them like kind of pull them back incredible that's crazy let's slide a little bit into um the postpartum phase so i always encourage my clients to continue going to the chiropractor after your baby is here because your body is still is still um, changing for all of our listeners out there, if you have had a baby and you think, okay, this is it, my body's finally coming back to normal, 
that could be true, but just keep in mind that if you are a breastfeeding parent or a pumping parent and you are not completely done kind of sustaining life for your tiny human, your body is actually not done. It is going to still be changing, but it will not be going back to kind of its quote unquote original state until you're all done with all of that journey, you know, and um, it's actually healing. So you definitely want things to be aligned in your body as your body heals and repairs itself permanently or until the next pregnancy, at least you're going to want things aligned so that it can heal in an optimal way. So I guess for me, it's more like imagine if during labor, you slightly threw things out of whack and you never knew. So you never had things adjusted and then they grew back that way. From that moment on, that might cause you lower back pain. And then it could have all been avoided if you had just had a few postpartum adjustments and not to scare anyone by any means, but more of a no better, do better kind of thinking. So this is what this episode is about to let you know that there is help out there. There are things that you can do postpartum to help avoid maybe pain that could have been caused by that or to help your body heal in possibly a better way than what you went into your labor. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, there's huge benefits to chiropractic care postpartum as well. Let's say sometimes logistically it is more challenging to come in. Uh, you know, it's just less time in the day, obviously, but, um, you know, it's never too early. It's never too late. Uh, I sometimes get people in really soon after. They can definitely bring their babies to my office with them. Um, but sometimes it's not until maybe mom goes back to work and has dedicated childcare and then she's coming and then it, it's still great. So yes, there's a lot of reasons why it could be helpful postpartum. Sometimes, as you said, something does kind of get stressed or out of whack a little bit during the delivery itself. Um, that's often when I'm seeing people, you know, in the first week or weeks postpartum is because they're just really uncomfortable in their pelvis, their pubic bone, their tailbone, their hips. Um, and, but that's not necessarily, I'd say the, honestly, the most common reason I'm seeing postpartum is seeing women postpartum would be more like upper back, neck and arm stuff. I think whether you're, yep, whether you're breastfeeding, whether you're bottle feeding, pumping, all of those things, everything to do with a newborn is basically forward flexed. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, diapering, changing, uh, getting the baby dressed, getting the baby in and out of their sleep surface and the floor and just like lifting a baby. <laughs> um, they get heavy fast. So yeah, a lot of times people are like, oh my gosh, my back feels great, but like my neck is killing me or my elbows are really hurting or something that seems again, kind of random. Again, too, you know, women are getting less sleep. As you said, as long as we're lactating, our bodies are also still producing this hormone called relaxin, which loosens up all of our ligaments. So our body is inherently a little less stable and things can kind of be more prone to being off balance in that way. We're usually, again, as I said, getting less sleep, getting less exercise, maybe not eating as well. And I know you talk about this in your other episodes too, just the importance of setting aside time for yourself and self-care. You know, if that is the one hour you're giving yourself each week to go to the chiropractor and leave baby with a sitter or your partner or mom or someone, and that is invaluable. It's just a, a time away to just 
that it's all about you. You know, we always talk about the baby because it's obviously an important conversation topic uh, for, for new moms and, and moms and new babies. But um, it can just be a nice, like, how are you doing physically, emotionally? Uh, you know, what, what can I help you with? And that's just about you and not necessarily about the baby. Um, yeah, again, some, I'm often seeing women who I saw during their pregnancy and now coming back postpartum. Sometimes I'm seeing women for the first time postpartum because they do not feel like themselves and, and they're looking for some other answers. Again, we talked about the not wanting to take um, medications during pregnancy and that uh, that's true often for many people postpartum as well, depending on the medication, depending how often they're breastfeeding and things like that. Um, but yes, it can be it can be lovely. I know after my own birth, it was a particularly long and challenging labor in certain ways, despite my getting adjusted during my pregnancy. <laughs> and I was back in my chiropractor six days postpartum because I needed it. I really did. And I was so grateful that I had built that relationship with her throughout before I even got pregnant and then throughout my pregnancy. So she was ready to to take care of me on the other side as well. I love that so, so much. I also love that you somewhat hint at the community that you have. So listeners, if you're out there thinking, okay, I have one hour to do all the things for myself, go, I have to choose one thing. Mm -hmm. I am not so much married to the idea that you have to choose the perfect practitioner. However, I do believe that many practitioners are very well connected. So the chance that you choose a chiropractor and she's able to connect you to this person or that person or this person, or even give you online resources for this or that, or maybe she has a past. A lot of people come to me and they have no idea I have a past and all of these things. And I still am able to give you the resources or I can hear you out or I totally have helped someone in the past that's had that same thing. So I can give you that peace of mind. You never know what your practitioner has kind of in their back pocket. So don't so much pick your one hour each week self-care splurge on that. Pick something that you think is going to be the most benefit at that moment, you can always change later or add on. So let's say that your chiropractor gets you back adjusted in a couple months and you feel like you can stop going every week and maybe you only need to see her every four to six weeks. Then you have an hour that you can pick up for massage or yoga or five minutes a day. Now you spread that hour once a week over five minutes a day for you know maybe meditation or whatever that looks like so don't be afraid to pick a practitioner that is going to benefit you right then and then use that practitioner to get out into your community and see what other resources that they have for you practitioners are often like i say very well connected and you never know what they have up their sleeve they're usually really really well equipped to to help you in more um more than one way Absolutely. Yeah. One of my favorite things is sharing um, resources to my community it, it, in my practice, both, you know, locally in, in the Boston area, but also, like you said, those online resources, websites, um, books, things like that. Podcasts are a big one I recommend to people all the time. Um, Yes, I, I send people ridiculously long emails with lists of resources and things to check out. Often I'm afraid I'm overwhelming them. But yeah, it's, 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 it's after all these years of collecting all this information, all I want to do is share it with people. Um, so they don't have to sit for hours and do that research, especially postpartum. 
I mean, I'm often sending people things during their pregnancy as well, like, hey, here's a list of lactation consultants. So if you're having struggle, if you're having any issues breastfeeding, you don't have to even do a Google search, just open up your email and here is who you should call. I also wanted to add something on to when we were talking about just pregnancy in general, just going back to that really quickly. In addition to helping with aches and pains, chiropractic adjustments can also just be a really helpful way to just prepare the body for birth um, biomechanically and physically. We can help your pelvis be balanced and relaxed and moving as well as it could so that baby can be in a good position and your body can open and adapt to labor as well as possible. Um, so some often, again, most common reason I'm seeing women during pregnancy is because they're uncomfortable in some way. Some people I just see, honestly, in their last month or few weeks before their due date just to help their bodies prepare. Um, and then there's other, the other ways for helping with baby positioning as well, which I think we're going to talk about later. But I just wanted to make sure I got that in too. I love it so much. So understanding your body is huge. So to touch back on what you were saying with parents, you know, saying like, oh my gosh, my neck is hurting or my back is hurting. I think a lot of people don't realize. So I've been in, um, well, I've only been a doula for a few years. I've been in the early childhood field for just a few years short of um, a decade. And probably it doesn't seem like that. When I look back on my life, it seems not like I should be old enough to have nearly a decade of um, experience under my belt. But I do remember first being in the classroom and y'all, it was much more than my neck. I was having problems with like my shoulders, my elbows, my hips, my knees, my ankles. I was having trouble with everything because when you're bending over, when you're sitting on the ground, when you are, um, your house is probably not concrete floors, but in the classroom, they're all concrete floors. When you are moving and adjusting and accommodating tiny humans with a big adult body and my body is not a huge adult body I have a, a very petite small adult body so the taller that you are the more that you're hunched over the more that you're leaning down the more that you're having to kind of get your body on the ground um, down to that bassinet down to change those diapers that is a big deal and I think a lot of people don't realize if you sit at a desk every day you're not bending over like that. If you are, you know, walking around your office, giving presentations upright all day, your body's not going to be used to that. And it seems very low impact. And it is, you're not like, you know, your baby doesn't come here a 50 pound sack of potatoes. They're a teeny tiny, just a few pound baby, but it makes a difference. And you did touch on that they gain weight so fast. They do. These babies are going to double, triple, quadruple the weight in, in just a matter of months. And, and your body has to be ready to kind of absorb that residual shock, if you will. Um, I also love to point out that knowing your body going into pregnancy or going into birth more in particular is is super important. And I like to tell my clients and for our listeners who've been around here for a minute, you've heard me say this on the podcast your baby fitting into your pelvis, into your vagina is like a key, right? So I want you to think about a door that has a sticky key and you stick it in and you kind of have to wiggle that key a little bit to get the lock to unlock. That's exactly what your baby and your vagina is like. It really does have a perfect 
fit into your pelvis. And so every now and then we need to rattle things around and almost shake them up to get your baby to fit down in there and go into regular chiropractic adjustments throughout your pregnancy can help do that. And then maybe in labor, we won't have so much shaking around or so much adjusting to do to help that baby finally get down into their perfect um, kind of fit. And I call it clicking in. It's kind of like when your key finally clicks in and you're like, ah, here it is. And you can turn that key. Absolutely. Little imbalances in the pelvis can definitely majorly affect the the ability of those bones to open, but also all of the soft tissues that connect to those bones, it can really change the tone of that. So your entire pelvic floor, all those, again, uterosacral ligaments, all the connections, the soft tissue connections from your womb to your bony structure. And again, little imbalances. It doesn't have to be like, oh, I like majorly fell on my butt, even though that sometimes happens. But even just, oh, I always cross my leg left over right, and I've done that for 20 years, or... Um, yeah, I sit at a desk all day or, um, you know, those clues, those little discomforts are clues that there is some kind of imbalance. And while I think, you know, one point is definitely so that you can be more comfortable during pregnancy, let's balance that out and make everything as symmetrical and moving well as possible. But also, of course, yeah, for labor, for vaginal birth, we want to, we want things to go smoothly and progress, um, you know, at a, progress at a nice, uh, nice rate. And, um, and that can definitely help getting pelvis, uh, and the rest of the body lined up as well as possible beforehand. I love it. Uh, listeners, you guys know that I love, love, love when experts who I think are much smarter than I come on here and tell you the same things that I'm telling you. Episode number 27, head back to episode number 27 and check out a little bit more about what Lizzie's talking about, about crossing your legs. You're going to want to tune into that episode because I tell you why crossing your legs actually could be really damaging to your yeah. pelvic floor. So when you get done listening to this episode, 27 is waiting on you. Lizzie, I want to um, kind of transition into something that I think is scary for people. I feel like everything I'm introducing today is a little bit scary for people. But again, I just consider this so normal. So from the minute that I learned about it, I was 100% on board. And I'm talking about chiropractic care for newborns and infants. Listeners, before you freak out, because I totally see some of you out there with your mouths hanging open like, what the heck? He has lost her marbles and jumped right off the deep end. Bear with me for a second. So imagine being this tiny human and you start out in this big, huge open house. You have all the space. You're teeny tiny. But as you grow, your house doesn't grow. And things inside your house continue to get smaller and smaller and smaller, much like Alice in Wonderland. By the time it's all said and done, you're so cramped and you have zero real estate left, right? So you're looking around thinking like, I can't even turn around in my own house. Then your lease runs up and you're forced to leave, but your eviction notice makes you go through this teeny tiny hallway and it takes hours to squeeze yourself out. And as you go, you know, this hallway gets smaller and smaller and smaller until eventually you have only 10 centimeters to leave your house. Oh, and as you go, you're being squeezed and twisted and turned in order to perfectly fit out of this predetermined hallway that you're supposed to leave out of. 
wouldn't you need an adjustment too? So if you think about your vagina much like um, a Willy Wonka house or an Alice in Wonderland house, it makes so much sense as to why your baby might need adjustments. So Lizzie, before we talk about um, things like that after baby gets here, like digestion and sleep and stuff, can we talk about just general newborn first time adjustments and why they're needed and um, maybe ease in some of those fears for parents who are out there going, no way. Absolutely. I'd love to. So the first thing I want to say is that, and usually the first question is that Adjustments for newborns and babies look completely different than they do for adults. Again, I already said that I personally practice a really gentle style of chiropractic with all my patients, adults um, and pregnant women, everyone. <laughs> but with my babies and, uh, and, and young kids, the adjustments are incrementally very, very much more gentle. So one thing that I like telling people is, if you and your listeners want to just close one or both eyelids and you can press the pad of one of your fingers over your closed eyeball, that is the amount of pressure that I use on my little ones. So it's really not that much force. It doesn't take a lot of force to make huge change with these little ones. Their bones are still developing. They're, they're slowly ossifying from this cartilage model into more adult bone. Um, so and, and also, we're not working through like, you know, decades of scar tissue here. These are, these are fresh little ones. Um, sometimes there is, there is some stuff going on, but it really doesn't take a lot of force to make those changes. And on the same level, it often doesn't take a lot of sessions or a lot of adjustments to see really dramatic change um, for those exact reasons that, you know, they're brand new problems because they're brand new people. Um, so, so that's the first thing. You, it, you know, I don't use any tools or anything like that. Again, just the very tips of my fingers. Um, the areas I typically focus on with little ones are um, the head, all the different bones of the skull, the jaw, the neck, and often the sacrum, that bone right at the bottom of, of the spine. Cool. I totally love to hear that. So I was in a presentation one time um, with a chiropractor who practices on infants and in front of us, there was a dime on the table and she asked everyone to hold up their pointer finger on one, one hand and we held it out and then we put the dime right on top of our, our pointer finger, right at the edge for our listeners who are envisioning this, right on the pad of your finger. And for anyone who has a dime laying around, do it you barely even notice that the dime is on your finger. And this is what she said was the pressure that she used for um, infant care. And so from then on, this is, it was actually that little exercise where I thought, wow, this is so incredible. So yeah, yeah. to care. So other than um, kind of setting us up for that, that first time alignment, um, I kind of think about it as like a, a welcome to earth alignment. That's how I kind of uh, describe it to people. So other than this, let's set you up for life alignment. What other things can chiropractic help with, with newborns? What are the other benefits? Absolutely. I think of my care with little ones as true preventative care. You know, we're talking about, as you said, getting welcome to earth. We're getting these kids off to the best start that we can neurologically and physically. Oftentimes, <clears throat> Excuse me. Oftentimes, uh, I 
this is a result from maybe a particularly rough start. Maybe the birth was really, really long. Maybe the birth was really, really short, a fast and furious one. Um, maybe baby was in kind of a funky position and had to really work its way out of the birth canal. Or maybe the baby was born via surgery and being tugged out of the uterus by pans can also be stressful on the baby's body. Um, so sometimes people are just bringing in their kids because of that reason. They're like, oh, you know, certainly also if there was any kind of assist in the birth, like a vacuum or forceps, sometimes there's even like visible bruising or, or little hematoma or something like that on the baby. And then parents are like, I just think something, you know, want to get them checked out, make sure everything's okay. So that is definitely one reason people just kind of say, I just want to make sure everything's okay. Um, for this and that reason, or, you know, just because they just want to, <laughs> they just believe in chiropractic care. Um, in terms of specific reasons people are bringing in their kids, I'd say in my practice, absolutely the number one reason I'm seeing very little ones is for breastfeeding issues. So a tight, uncomfortable, painful latch for mom um, is a big one. If there's any visible discomfort to the nipple, like any irritation, cracking, bleeding, things like that, um, usually these women are working with a lactation consultant and it's the lactation consultant that's like, oh, there's something else going on that this baby could probably benefit from some body work, some gentle body work. Um, so that's a big one. Even, and, and not necessarily a tight or uncomfortable latch. Sometimes it's a really shallow latch. Sometimes it's inefficient milk transfer or the baby's getting really fussy at the breast or they only want to nurse on one side and not the other. I've also had kids in who are having difficulty with bottle feeding and, and that's something we've worked on. Um, that's definitely like the number one umbrella is just difficulty with, with nursing or feeding in general. Um, another big one, is uh, if the baby has a head preference side, so maybe they only like turning their head to the left, or it's actually impossible for them to turn their head to the left or the right or one of those sides. Um, that's sometimes called torticollis. Sometimes it's just something parents notice, like every time they sleep or every time in the car seat, they're always to the right. It's funny, sometimes people don't even notice it until they're looking back at all the photos they've taken of their kids. And they're like, wow, in every single picture, she's looking to her right. That's interesting. Um, sometimes that can have secondary consequences where if the baby is only turning to the left, for example, because they spend so much time on their backs for sleeping, they might get a slightly flattened spot on the back side of their, of their left head, uh, the left side of their head, rather. Um, and that's called plagiocephaly, any kind of small flattening or asymmetry in the head. Um, so if they're only turning their head to the left, then again, they're probably going to have more of a flat spot on the left versus if they had free range of motion and could turn their head all the ways, then that wouldn't really be showing up. So there's things we can do to help, obviously help the neck turn both ways, help the musculature of the neck relax as well. But also, we can also work on the back of the head to try to help as the head grows and expands to try to help round it out and become more symmetrical. Um, that's another really big reason. Um, another one that I see a lot of little, little ones for is maybe surprisingly to your listeners would be constipation. Um, you know, babies should be pooping multiple times a day, uh, uh, at least once. Um, Sometimes I'm seeing kids who, you know, poop every 10 days and that's for like literally their entire life. They've never pooped more than that. And 
because our bodies, especially babies' bodies, are supposed to just kind of in and out, clear that out when, when they're not able to poop um, for whatever reason, and that builds up in their system and can cause other issues. It often is also really uncomfortable them to be passing that stool because it gets harder and more solid versus that like beautiful, you know, breast milk or formula fed baby poop, which is just like liquid basically because that's all they're getting is liquid. Um, so both adjustments to the low back and sacrum and pelvis that can sometimes help. Again, we talked about how the nervous system it, it were really affecting the nervous system with chiropractic adjustments. So sometimes, you know, all of those nerve supplies that control the, the lower intestine and the colon and the rectum and the anus, that all comes from the sacrum and the pelvis. So little adjustments there can sometimes make big difference for the digestive function um, of those kids. For that case specifically, I also often recommend a particular high-quality probiotic, and that sometimes can do just amazing things for these babies. Um, that's never my first line of defense, but that's often something we're talking about with that specific issue. Um, yeah, so those are like big things. Other things that sometimes parents can be on the lookout for of, of maybe your child can be benefit benefit from chiropractic care would be really any asymmetric any asymmetries in the body. So if as your baby yawns, you see their jaw deviating over to one side versus the other. Or if one of their eyes looks a lot bigger than the other. Um, or if, let's say, when they start to roll, they're only rolling over, for, you know, only rolling onto their right and not the left. Or maybe when they're starting to crawl, they're doing a really kind of interesting little scoot pattern instead of, instead of just the standard, you know, right hand, left foot, and then left foot, uh, <laughs> left hand, right foot. Any asymmetries that can be a sign. Um, looping back to the to the breastfeeding concerns too. I'm also often working with kids uh, before and or after a lip or tongue tie revision. Um, so that's something I don't know if you've talked about on other podcasts. It's becoming a a very popular um, topic amongst uh, amongst anyone who works with pregnant women and postpartum women and new new babies. Um, so a tongue tie or a lip tie is this little piece of skin, a little piece of tissue that physically can restrict the motion of the tongue or the lip. Uh, that can be, this can be a whole other podcast, so I'm not going to go into it too much, but that can sometimes restrict the motion again of the tongue or the lip or the ability of that baby to open its mouth wide enough to nurse or bottle feed comfortably. So sometimes there is an actual revision needed with um, either by a, a laser or um, a scissor with a pediatric dentist or a pediatric ENT that can actually free the physical tissue. But sometimes there's also physical anatomical restrictions from further back that may be also limiting those tissues. Um, limiting, if there's any restriction in, in the skull or the neck, that can also make it harder for that baby to open wide and get a good latch. And so chiropractic care or craniosacral care before and after those revisions can also be really effective at helping that baby integrate and, again, almost neurologically reteach them how to use their, their tongue and their lip um, better. I love so much everything that you said. I have so many notes. So 
listeners, you know this is a judgment-free zone. There's no judgment on what you do to your baby. But for those of you who feel very strongly that you don't cut or laser on your baby, or at least if that's not your first go-to, chiropractic care, it is something that I always, always, always throw it out there. And totally my fault, but I don't even always ask, like, are you open to this? I'm always just like, you should totally check out chiropractic care. Um, for me, I would love for you to just have the knowledge to know that you don't only have to explore cutting or lasering your child. Um, Lizzie did mention, sometimes it is absolutely needed. Sometimes chiropractic care isn't going to fix it, but if that can be your first line of defense and you at least explore it, go for it. Also, Helmets, flatheads, so many parents don't realize that chiropractic care can absolutely help this. I just want to stand on my roof and like scream it from the rooftops that you should try chiropractic care before you have your child spend months, days, weeks in that really annoying, hot, itchy, sweaty, stinky, smelly, cumbersome, heavy helmet if that's not your jam. Um, again, it totally makes some people feel supported and like they're doing the best for their child. And if that's what you choose, you know that I support you in that. But if it's something that you don't love it, it's not your jam, you do have other options. Um, Absolutely. I just want to say too, like those options are still always there. You know, it's, it's, Sometimes I always think it makes sense to start most conservatively. So yeah, we'll try a few sessions. And if you're like, wow, this didn't really solve the problem or we need another, the next level of care, then again, those, those revisions, the phrenectomy revisions and the helmet options are always going to be there. Um, but once you do those things, obviously, it's, you know, harder to undo, it, especially with the revision, the helmet, you can always change your mind, but <laughs> once something is cut, then yeah, it's cut. It's not going to, in some cases does reform, but, um, yeah, it's always worth trying something else first if you are hesitant. And again, I also support whatever, I'm, I'm pro-choice. Whatever people want to do, if that's your choice, I think that's fantastic. Um, I'm just here to support you along the way. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I think people like to start as non-invasive as possible. And chiropractic care just isn't always on everyone's radar. So I always try and be that person that, that tosses it on your radar, sometimes whether you ask or not. Circling back to the torticollis, um, from an EI, an early intervention standpoint, so I served as a um, child development specialist for a few years in early intervention, and from that standpoint, I saw so many issues later in life coming from torticollis. So in my years of being in the child development field, I saw children have problems with things like sitting and crawling and walking in their first year, 12, 15 months of life. But then you guys, it can actually keep going into early childhood and um, preschool age children. So there are so many kids where I referred them to PT or OT for gait issues, for falling all the time, for not having symmetry, um, symmetry in your right and left sides of your body. And if you think about a baby, doesn't make, it, it doesn't really uh, raise any red flags that they might not have symmetry in their right and their left sides of your body. But when you get to preschool, it is important. We do expect four, five, six-year-olds to be able to do the same things with both of their hands and their legs and even 
opposite things with their, their hands and their legs on opposite sides of their body. So torticollis, if we don't get it fixed or, or um, we don't realize that that's what's going on, it can actually keep going and affect things later in life. Um, and then finally, I wanted to circle back for the chiropractor for, for breastfeeding. So I wanted to clarify, when we're coming in for that kind of stuff, are you adjusting mom, baby, both? Is this a together thing? Are they latching and you're adjusting while baby is on the boob? What's going on there? What, um, what can we expect when we come into that? Because I think breastfeeding and chiropractic care is something that I see a lot. Um, and I think having people know what they're walking into when they're, when it's especially new, um, both things are new, right? Your breastfeeding is new and chiropractic care might be new in your life. Being able to know what to expect might help ease some of the fear. Absolutely. So yes, if it's uncomfortable for mom, um, and especially if like they've already worked with a lactation consultant on positioning or other things like that, supply there, things like that, then it will really are focused on the physical body of the baby. Um, so mom is obviously really involved. I'm getting all the history from mom and dad, if he's there too, or the other parent, I should say. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm looking at physical structures of the jaw, the tightness of the jaw, and the bones of the skull. Uh, so the very top of the jaw is the bottom of the skull. It's, it's so intricately connected, and little imbalances in, in the bones of the head can also greatly impact the shape of the palate and, again, the, the level of tension within the jaw, which is, which is huge. Um, I also look at the very top of the neck, again, that all those muscles from the neck connect to the bottom of the tongue and the bottom of the jaw. So the, in terms of like what to expect at a visit, everyone comes in, we spend a lot of time talking about what is going on and, and everything that's been happening so far in those weeks or months, um, days. <laughs> and then <clears throat> I do an exam, I check a lot of different things on the, on the baby, certain primitive reflexes and ranges of motion, things like that. And then I'll do my chiropractic assessment as well, feeling for tension or specific patterns in the joints and the muscles and the soft tissues. Um, in terms of am I adjusting baby when they're latched? Sometimes. Um, I really, you know, with kids, I work around them. So if baby is most comfortable on mom's tummy or in dad's arms, um, that's where I'm doing the adjustments. Uh, sometimes they're happy to just be lying flat on their back or on their tummy on the table, and we're doing that too. I definitely, if possible, I love watching the latch uh, firsthand if everyone's comfortable with that. Um, and the baby's hungry, <laughs> then that can give me a lot of information. Um, but we're really talking a lot in depth about it. Sometimes I've even had patients come with their lactation consultant. The lactation consultant is throwing in their two cents, or they'll send me a note beforehand or something like that of things that they've observed and why they think chiropractic care can be helpful. Um, as I said, it's, it's the number one reason I'm, I'm seeing babies. And often the change is dramatic and rapid. I mean, I've had women you know, with their babies, the babies have gotten their first adjustments and then they'll latch them right away in the office and they're like, wow, that feels really different. I had one very memorable um, client that I love to share the story and she was coming specifically for milk transfer. The baby, she was pumping a lot of milk, but the baby just wasn't getting a lot of milk at the breast. 
so much so that she was working with a lactation consultant. They were doing weighted feeds. Um, so they would weigh the baby before and after a nursing session to really like tell how many ounces that baby's getting in. And she was, they were averaging about one, one and a half ounce per feed. Um, the baby came in for an adjustment. I worked on her jaw, I worked on her neck, I worked on her head, all the things I was just telling you about. And then the woman went home and did a weighted feed. I mean, this is within two hours of her adjustment. She went from about one and a half ounces to three ounces, which is, I mean, that's, I couldn't believe it. You know, when people tell me things like that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I wouldn't have believed it if she didn't have that data. Um, it, it really was incredible. Um, and I think I saw that baby maybe one or two other times and then everything was going fantastic. So Sometimes it's not that dramatic. Sometimes it does take more time. Um, so, you know, I don't want to set everyone's expectations for those miraculous cases. But as I said, like, if these babies are days, weeks, months old, the change can be really quick. And if you're getting ready to, like, give up on nursing or start pumping exclusively or something like that, it is so worth it. You know, oftentimes people are talking about, well, the cost or, you know, of coming in for chiropractic care. And it's like, well you know, or, or even a lactation consultant. It's like, well, these few times, if we pay, you know, this amount of money for this, I mean, that can save so much money in formula costs or time at work pumping or things like that. Um, so yeah, it, it can be worth it. Um, I also want to circle back on the Toracolis. I agree with everything you were talking about, how that can sometimes present problems later on. I mean, if there is that asymmetry and balance in a baby's spine enough that they can't turn their head one way or it's harder for them to turn their head one way, yes, that is a sign of a big neurological imbalance. And that is only going to get more dramatic as time goes on. Um, addressing that early on means that they're, we're freeing that stress from the nervous system. Both sides of the brain can communicate. The baby's getting input from both sides of the brain that's going to go back up and then back down into their bodies. So yes, it, it is really important to address those things early on so you're not seeing sequela from those, um, from those circumstances potentially throughout that baby's life. I just think about muscle memory. Obviously, I'm not a chiropractor. I mean, I don't have all the the AMP that you have, but I just think about muscle memory that from the very beginning of your child's life, if you are, you haven't trained that muscle. I, I get that the muscle has kind of done that, that self, but if you are supporting this muscle only go into the right side, or you're supporting this muscle being so tight that your child can only look to their left side, you in a little bit, not knowing that you're doing this, obviously no fault of your own, but you are kind of playing into this problem. So being able to know what to recognize and also where you can go for help um, is so crucial for me, which there you go. I think that we've done it. You, you now know how to, to get that taken care of listeners. So moving to a question that I get from complete strangers all of the time who are feeling fearful of stipulations and deadlines put on them, like going past your due date, or mm -hmm. you have to be induced for this reason, or um, we think that you're better suited as um, a cesarean birth. What role does chiropractic care play in helping get labor started? I know that you mentioned it a little bit earlier, um, but for our listeners who are thinking, what in the world? You know, the thought behind this is sometimes the slightest adjustments can be all that your body needs to get 
labor started. So Lizzie, is there any truth behind this from a chiropractic standpoint that sometimes it might be all that you need to kind of um, encourage labor and get labor started? Great question. I'd say, you know, my quick answer is yes and no. So, um, like, it's absolutely not like an induction technique or anything like that. I always tell people, man, if it was that easy, I, you know, no one would ever have to be induced. Um, but, uh, yes, it, we, depending on why labor is not starting, it can sometimes be helpful. So, as I was alluding to before, your womb, your uterus connects to all the different bones of your pelvis through different ligaments. So sometimes if there is a little imbalance in some of those bones, that can be tugging unevenly on those ligaments and sometimes creating some tension in the uterus itself, which is of course just a series of muscles. So just like a muscle will get tight, we have some tightness in the uterus. So by relaxing and balancing the bones of the pelvis, that in turn balances and relaxes those ligaments and therefore it creates a lot more space potentially in the uterus. So sometimes that can help baby, that relaxation can help baby shift even just a centimeter, which that can, in theory and in practice, help labor get started. So if that helps baby reposition so that baby's head is right on that cervix, then that pressure can sometimes, you know, start the labor process. And certainly, I think it's almost, so yes, if it's like, okay, I'm past due, nothing's happening, maybe it can be helpful. I think when it absolutely is something that is indicated and to be helpful is if you're having like a lot of prodromal labor that's starting and stopping or maybe you have contractions for like four hours and then it slows down and that happens again tomorrow night and then it slows down. It's like, okay, body is the body is trying to get things started, but something is not quite clicking into place like you were talking about before. So that, and if, again, we can just kind of help rebalance the body or balance the body in the first place to help baby just change position ever so slightly and engage in the pelvis and put that pressure right on the cervix. And sometimes that, that can, sometimes that can get labor started. Um, I mentioned earlier, I had seen a woman the day that she had her baby. This was interesting. This was her second baby. Um, she had been, ha we already had an appointment scheduled. I was seeing her regularly throughout the pregnancy. Um, the night before that adjustment, the night before her session, she was having contractions that kind of like were happening for a few hours and they really slowed down. This made her nervous because her first labor just started and then it ended with having the baby. There wasn't this start and stop pattern. So when she came into my office, she wasn't having active contractions. I think on the table she had two during that half hour. And then we adjusted her, rebalanced things in her pelvis, and I said, okay, go home, like eat a good, good lunch, get some rest, see what happens. And I think I saw her at like 11 in the morning, again, by about, she'd sent me an email by like 5.30 and she was already holding her baby. So clearly, like, again, her body was ready. It was just, the baby just needed a little nudge. I mean, ever so slight adjustment. Um, and that, for her, helped things get moving in the right direction. I love it so much. For our listeners, you can't see me, but that just gave me chills, as does every birth story. I always get chills when we're talking about birth, but that's so awesome. Our our bodies are just amazing. Like, I don't have any other words. Every time I try and put words to, like, what the human body is capable, I always fall miserably short in that. Um, but our bodies are absolutely, absolutely um, 
fascinating. I love it so much. Another thing that um, you guys are pros at is breech babies. So there's obviously so many stories out there of chiropractic care um, and adjustments turning breech babies in all sorts of ways. But what's the real deal here? What's the real deal here? Is it hugely successful? Is it something that may or may not work? How many visits do you need? Is it ideal? Um, you know that you are coming regularly. Yeah. Slow down. Absolutely. Great questions. And again, besides discomfort, preparing for labor, baby positioning concerns is absolutely a huge reason I see women during their pregnancy. So it can be helpful. It's not always helpful. There's no guarantees. But for those same reasons I was just explaining before about helping baby position. So a big thing I want to be very clear on is in no way will any chiropractor try to physically move a baby or manipulate a baby in any way. This is completely different than an external cephalic version. All I am doing is, again, balancing out your body. So because of those connections from the bones of the pelvis right to the uterus through those ligaments, again, if there's a really big imbalance, that can be causing tension in those ligaments, tension in the uterus. Sometimes baby is trying to get head down, but because of that tension, they are just physically unable to do so. So there's something that... Uh, your listeners might have heard of called the Webster Technique. This is a way of assessing and um, adjusting the sacrum, which is one of those the prime connections from uterus to the pelvis with those uteral sacral ligaments that just go from uterus to sacrum. There's other bones too that have a relevance, like the pubic bone connects to the round ligament, which also connects the uterus. So we work, I do a lot more than just Webster. Uh, we check, again, the whole body. Um, and not only the pelvis, but I also like checking the ribs and making sure there's room from where the abdominal wall is connecting, um, because that has so much importance for space for the baby too. But again, that is the big idea. We're just creating space and symmetry in mom's body. And then letting, getting out of the way and letting baby move on their own. Um, in terms of like, is it successful? How many times? Things like that. It's a very individualized thing. It really depends on, okay, like how many weeks gestation you are. What other things are you doing outside of the office? So if there's a breech baby, I always recommend acupuncture. I recommend a lot of stuff from the Spinning Babies website. Uh, I'm doing Spinning Babies poses with my clients in the office, but definitely will recommend a lot of those things at home as well. There's also you know, what does your daily life look like? Are you sitting at a desk all day? Are you driving back and forth to your weekend house in Vermont every weekend? Like things like that will make a difference. Um, so, you know, when I meet a, a person because they're coming in because their baby is breached or transverse or not in an ideal position, we're talking about all those things and we make a plan going forward. Um, so, it has been successful. It's not always successful. Sometimes, you know, it's amazing. Sometimes babies will turn spontaneously after sometimes even just a few visits. Sometimes we're working together for weeks and weeks and baby does not turn for whatever reason. Um, and even like they're trying everything, you know, they're doing all the things outside. So it's, it's hard and it can be a really stressful thing for the parents because it often in some cases is really changing changing your, your plan for the birth. Um, so it's always, it's always tough, um, but we'll work alongside each other and, and do everything we can to help that baby get into the best position for birth. 
Yeah, that um, those questions are always so annoying because the the answer is it's different for everyone, and yeah. I get that. I know there are listeners out there going, "Oh, but that doesn't help me." I get it, but it's really it's true. Your body is so different. And I get on my soapbox about this all the time. So I'll spare you now. Um, but listening to your body is huge too. So knowing that things might not work and there might be an underlying reason you truly do have to listen to your body and know that your baby and your body does know, you know, they do know what they're doing. One thing I want to definitely add to that is it's, it's, there's more success and it's easier for babies to turn spontaneously the more time we have. So uh, sometimes I'm hearing from patients like, oh, well, they told me baby was breech around like 30 weeks, but they said I didn't have to worry about it because we still have all this time. That is true. I wouldn't say time to worry, but it's also time to be active about doing something about it. So it is so much easier to help a baby uh get into a great position for birth at 30 weeks than it is at like 36, 38 weeks. So if your care provider says anything to you about baby not being head down, even if they're like, we still have plenty of time, that is a great time to get in touch with a Webster certified chiropractor or at least go to spinning babies to start exploring some things you can be doing on your own um, before it is like time to make something happen. Absolutely. So I'm spending babies trained. Um, I took it a little over a year ago and it is something from the moment I was trained, I began using in every single case, all my clients, I use it. So whether your baby is in the perfect optimal position or they're not spinning babies, isn't just about spinning babies. It's a little, little confusing with the name, but it's also about um, being comfortable and making sure that your body is in alignment. So if you haven't checked it out, go to spinningbabies.com, check it out. It's something that I truly believe deep down in my heart that every single expectant pregnant person um, can use at least one thing off of the Spinning Babies uh, website. So check that out. Couldn't agree with you more, hee hee. Is there a place that people can check out, um, whether you're Webster, would you say? Yeah, Webster certified, absolutely. So that same organization I mentioned before, the ICPA, it has a what it's called. Um, the website is icpa4kids.org, and that's the number four. There is a tab there that says "Find a Chiropractor." You can type in your zip code uh, or your country. I mean, there's places outside of the U.S. as well, and you will find a list by zip code of of, of people chiropractors who are trained to work um, with pregnant women and children um, and anyone on there is going to be Webster certified. So that's a great place. I'm often, you know, sometimes I get questions from people like, well, my friend lives in, you know, California. Do you know anyone out there? And I might not know someone personally, but I'll direct them to that. And at least it, again, it's a good starting place um, to find people at least to choose from. Amazing. Again, I moved up here with absolutely nobody. I had zero network. I had zero friends. I had zero humans in my realm other than my sweet Nicholas. And yeah, these are, these are all really awesome resources. Um, if you, if you're needing to find care and you don't necessarily have that group of people that you can turn to. Another thing that I think a lot of people are always questioning is payment. So I always say you have to call your insurance and, and then you have to call the doctor because it's, 
honestly, it's easier that way for me and I don't know a better way. So is there a better way? Are chiropractors quote unquote generally covered? Is it kind of hit or miss? I know there's lots of factors depending on um, like your insurance company, your plan, your network. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, it's a good question and it's definitely a, a top concern. I'm always really upfront with my patients. So the way I set up my practice personally is I have, I have actually chosen to not be a provider in any insurance networks. So there are many insurance companies that do cover chiropractic care. There are many chiropractors that do work with those insurance companies and will accept payment. Um, I've chosen to work outside that model. Uh, I like working for my patients rather than for their insurance companies. So most of my patients do pay me out of pocket. I can definitely work with flexible spending accounts or health savings accounts if that's an option. It's certainly something that a lot of people do have access to. Um, what I do and many chiropractors who don't accept insurance do is I provide patients who want one uh, what's called a super bill or an itemized receipt. So my patients pay me up front for my services, and then I give them this detailed receipt that they can submit to their insurance companies. Many of my patients do get back a very significant portion of their payment back to them. Some get none. It really does depend on your insurance plan. Um, so yes, this is something that is very individualized for each individual chiropractic practice and your insurance plan. So most chiropractors will address this directly on either their website or when you call to make an initial appointment. Um, it's certainly a question worth asking. Um, I'm also, you know, I get questions a lot. Do you accept this insurance? And if that is what is limiting people, I'm more than happy. I always give a list of many other recommendations of other chiropractors who do accept insurance because I realize that, of course, is a, is a legitimate boundary to many people. Um, so... Yes, it's, it, it is very individual, and especially because your listeners are probably all over the country, uh, I'd say, yeah, check in with each individual practice, and they'll, they'll let you know how it functions. It's something we're all used to doing. Um, so, so the cost can vary greatly, the coverage can vary greatly, but it's certainly worth uh, investigating. I love it. Our listeners are actually all over the world. So if you are um, tuning in from outside of the U.S. and you are listening to this episode thinking, this is not how it is in my country, please send me an email. I would love, love, love to know, is chiropractic care part of your healthcare system for expectant and postpartum parents in your country? Is it really taboo? Is it unheard of? Um, I want to know What's up? What's the lowdown on that? I'd love to share that with our other listeners. It's also really interesting you bring that up too, because I've in Boston here where, where we live, there's obviously a ton of people come from internationally. Um, so I get a lot of people who in their home countries, like in Europe or somewhere else, they've seen osteopaths or there's like different practitioners that can sometimes do similar work just by different names. Chiropractic was invented in the United States. So it is across the world, but is definitely most concentrated here. Um, but uh, in like Australia, places like that, um, I think there's some in Japan, things like that. But um, yes, it, it, I, I have people like, oh, well, everyone brings their baby to osteopaths in France. So I just tried to find someone who was closest to that. And here you are, you're a chiropractor, but you're doing the same kind of work that I was getting for like my first baby who was born in France, things like that. So yeah, I would love to hear what they have to say as well. I love it. That's awesome. I always love, um, yeah, my international clients too, especially if they had a baby in a different country, their first or their, you know, previous baby in their first 
country and now they're here having a baby here. It is so cool. They learn, I learn. It's amazing. I love, love, love that. Lizzie, this has been an episode filled with like so many what the heck moments, so many oh my goodness moments, so many I can't believe that's real, but I also can't believe, I can't wait to use it moments. I am so excited to share this with our listeners, and I know our listeners are out there thinking, whoa, my head is spinning with all of this information. Where can people connect with you if they wanted to learn more about you, or they had a question specific for this episode, or maybe they are tuning in from the Massachusetts Boston area, and they wanted to see you as a chiropractor? How do they connect with you? That's great. And I just want to say thank you so much for starting this conversation, for having me on to talk about it. I obviously love talking about this kind of stuff and want as many people to know about it as possible. Um, I'd be happy to talk uh, to any of your listeners, even if they're not local, if they have questions or want help trying to find a provider where they live. The absolute best way to find me is my website, which is yourbostonchiropractor.com. You can also just Google Lizzie Sobel and I know I'm going to come up. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of information about me and my website and my practice there. There's also a contact me tab where they can just shoot an email right to me um, or give me a call. And I'd be more than happy to talk to them further about any questions that they may have. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being on this show today. Wow, from fight or flight rest and digest, torticollis, latching, breastfeeding, uterus adjustments, all the things, listeners, we dove so deep into this. I hope that you're walking away with a little bit less fear of chiropractic care, a little better understanding of the benefits of seeing a chiropractor um, in general, but also prenatally and postpartum, and then also the amazing things that chiropractic care can do for our tiny humans out there. Thank you so, so, so much for spending your time of your Tuesday with Lizzie and I today. Go out and conquer this week. As always, villagers, find your tribe and love them hard. Did you know you can join our online tribes? Our private Facebook group can be found by searching The Tranquility Tribe Podcast on Facebook and our Instagram tribe is at Tranquility by Hehe. If you have a story you want to share with us, please reach out to us at tranquillitybyhehe at gmail.com. Until next time, villagers.